Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. So I went out to dinner last night with my parents, and my mom was like, so I never really listened to your podcast, but I just like randomly happened to open the podcast app on my phone, and it was right there, so because I like had gone on my mom's phone and um, left myself a five-star review from her account. Um, so she was like, it was just right there. Uh, so I decided to listen to your most recent episode. <laughs> so if you listened to last week's episode, you might immediately know why this is very funny. Um, if not, you should go back and listen to it. At the top of last week's episode, I told a story about a former friend of mine from high school um, Basically, safe to say that my mom now knows way more about my brother's sex life than she ever wanted to. Okay, so before I get into recapping The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, uh, yesterday I asked my followers on Instagram and Twitter to send me questions, and I'm going to answer them now live on the podcast. Um, so I have not seen these questions. I haven't looked through them. I haven't prepared any answers. Um, I'm just going to go through it now and we'll see what happens. Who knows? These questions could be terrible. Uh, they could be the most revealing questions ever. And you guys might find out secrets about me that I was never prepared to reveal. Who knows? Stay tuned. All right. Someone asks, why can't they just drink the damn tequila? Support KH. Uh, I agree. Just drink Casa del Sol. Take a shot. Um, I mean, here, here's my thing. I, If I were in that position, I wouldn't do it. But not because it's her tequila. I just don't. I don't do shots, period. Um, the last time I did shots, I was forced to by uh, a, f a girlfriend of mine. And I had told her, I was like, I, I never do shots. I haven't done shots in like a decade. They just make me sick. And she was like, come on, try my, try my A1E. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but she was, she was like, try that. Just like take a shot with me. And so I took a, like a single tequila shot and then that turned into like several tequila shots and I spent all night on the floor of my bathroom when I, mean, I was living in my old house at the time and it was a two-story bathroom and I like I remember so this is my problem is I don't like black out to the point where like I don't remember anything so if it's like horrible who cares um no I remember all of it like I wasn't like fucked up mentally I was just like fucked up physically it's terrible uh so I'm like curled up in a ball on the floor of our like powder room which is downstairs like right at the bottom of the stairs and I I like remember thinking to myself like how do I get up to bed and I like legitimately crawled up the stairs to get to my bedroom where I just then like you know found a new spot curled up on the floor of my like other bathroom uh, so yeah so I don't do shots but moral of the story is just do the shots ladies like just take the damn shots support your friend um, I I 100% think that Rinna was um instigating shit or poking the bear. I mean, she knew what she was doing, but we will get into that when we get to Beverly Hills. Okay, that was a really long answer. I wonder if all of them are going to be like this. You guys are you guys are like already changing the channel, the the channel um or I don't know, switching to the next podcast, next podcast. All right. Am I the only one obsessed with the way Dorit says chic? Um, no, you're not. I think we saw that the entire fandom was obsessed with it. Uh, Dorit 
is an icon. She is a ridiculous human being, but that's why we love her. Okay, someone says, what kind of exciting things will you be doing this evening? Oh, man, have I fooled you guys into thinking that I am cool. Uh, I will be making my husband cook dinner because I I hurt my toe last week. I tweeted about it. You might have seen. I And it's like the most embarrassing thing, too. Like when you injure yourself, you want to be like, yeah, I was fighting a bear and I like broke my foot. No, I there was like a little lint floof on the wall. Um, and I like tried to jump to like swat it off the wall. And when I landed, I like landed on my toe weird and it is swollen and it is bruised. And yeah, so I'm going to be, uh, keeping off my foot for my bear fight (laughs) and I'm going to have my husband cook us dinner and then we'll probably get into bed by like eight o'clock. Um, that's our routine. Even on the weekends, like we go out with friends to like a nice like a nice early dinner, maybe, maybe catch a happy hour. And then we try and be, try to be at home and in bed cozy by a reasonable hour. I'm going to be 34 this year, you guys. Like I'm not a a young spring chicken. Okay. Someone says, what got you into the Real Housewives to begin with? Um, I've told this story before. I'm not sure if I've told it on this podcast. I've definitely told it uh, on other podcasts when I've been interviewed, because a a lot of people ask this question, including myself, like I, it's a go-to, like, how'd you get into Bravo? Um, so great question, (laughs) whoever asked that, uh, my best friend, Brittany, who I talk about a lot on the podcast, I, I talked about her last week, um, she was obsessed with all of the Real Housewives shows. And I, for whatever reason, I just like never thought I would be into them. I put them off and I think it was like, I I was like, what am I, how am I going to relate to like these middle-aged women? Um, And (laughs) boy, if I only knew. Uh, But yeah, like I always loved reality TV. I grew up watching like Real World and Road Rules. And then I loved like Laguna Beach and The Hills. And then I watched Jersey Shore and all of that. So I think it might have been just like a... I didn't think I was the right demographic, um, but clearly I am the exact right demographic. So yeah, so she had been like begging me to watch for years and I finally did. Um, I was working at a recording studio in Hollywood and I had a TV in my office and it was, it was like a brand new studio. And so we weren't open yet for the first like three months that I was working there. So most days I was, I was there in my office by myself and it was just like empty. Um, and I had a TV in my office. So I, I had Hulu and I put on the Real Housewives of Orange County and I never looked back. All right, someone asks, do you think Rinna is coming back next year? Some skepticism after she deleted stuff from IG. Uh, I don't know. And and I think that I don't think anyone knows because I I don't think that Bravo would let her go. I think she is too dynamic of a character. And I, I say character on purpose. Um, I think she will stick around as long as she wants to stick around. Um, and despite what she says and despite how, how much she plays the victim, she loves this shit. Like she eats it all up. Like she is salivating over like even all of the hate, you know? So I don't think she's going anywhere. Um, but I could be wrong. I mean, maybe she is, but if she is going somewhere, it's on her own accord. Like, I don't think she's getting fired. All right, favorite Bravo song of all time. 
Um, it has to be Chic Selavi, uh, Countess Luann. It's just like, first of all, it's a bop. You can like really like move to it, you know, like you can really get your Camille grammar on. Um, but then it's also like, it's elevated, like the lyrics, it like, it teaches you French, you know? Um, I just, uh, mwah, chef's kiss. It's c'est bon, c'est bon. Okay, worst casting decision ever, aside from lip liquor. Oh, Diana. Um, that's funny. Uh, I mean, okay, so there are, like, the classic go-tos, the Peggy Salahians and, like, the Quinn Fries and even, like, the Lydia McLaughlins. How she got a second chance is, like, beyond. Um, my, my worst casting decision pick is controversial because I think for a lot of people it might be their like favorite casting decision as far as this franchise goes but I say and I stand by this and I will die on this hill um like etch this into my tombstone Kelly Dodd destroyed Real Housewives of Orange County I think she is a nightmare I think she is a terror I think she completely changed the tone of the show I think she came in and yeah, I think she destroyed it. And I think they are still reeling from the disaster that is Kelly Dodd. And I know that a lot of people think that she makes great TV because she's really volatile and she's combative. But to me, like, I want to watch true dynamics. I want to watch, like, actual, like, friendship arcs and stuff and not just someone who is, like rage rinse repeat rage rinse repeat rage rinse repeat um it i don't know she she's exhausting and like i said she ruined orange county and orange county was always and and still is my favorite so like i just i'll never forgive her so this person asks okay i'm just curious what is your hot take on beverly hills too toxic or just housewife in um i mean i don't i don't think it's too toxic i think they're just housewife in um i think again, I don't think it's, like, too toxic. I'm not one of those people that's, like, boycott Beverly Hills. Like, I'm still watching it. I'm still enjoying it. But I do think, and I said this last week, that there, there's just, like, these, um, these, like, blind allegiances. And, like, it feels like a lot of these ladies have made, like, secret oaths with each other where they're just too protective. And, um, yeah, so I feel like it's just not authentic. And then you have them, like, intentionally protecting some of the the women and then like intentionally throwing others under the bus to deflect and in order to protect themselves and their friends you know so it just it all seems really calculated uh you know given the fact that for so long everyone like hated on lvp for you know quote unquote bobby fishering um it's just interesting because now i feel like they all are playing like such an intense chess game and uh for me that's what i would like to see reeled back a little bit but i don't think it's too toxic um my hot take on beverly hills though okay this is hot uh i think carlton deserved another season um i don't think she was as bad as people think she was so there you go hot 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 all right last question my friend asks, when are you going to come visit so we can kiki about the housewives in person? 
okay, bitch, uh, first of all, you come to me. Um, <laughs> but also, like, hi, it's 2022. We can Zoom. That's how I conduct all of my interviews. So we'll make it happen. But to everyone, to all of my listeners, uh, I want you all to be a part of the show. I, I like, want all of you guys to participate. Um, interacting with you guys on social media is like the best part of doing this podcast. But I want to incorporate your guys' thoughts and opinions into the show. So, uh, keep following up with me and I'm going to find a way to do like more segments where you guys can be a part of it. Um, whether that's by like reading your comments, uh, or your DMS, you know, with your permission, um, or doing more Q and A's like this. Um, you know, I, I've played around in the past with asking you guys to send me like voice notes if you want, like if, if I say something and you, think it's like the worst take ever, or you think it's the best take ever, or you have it like spark, sparks something new, like your own take, send me a, a voice memo via DM and maybe I'll put it on the podcast. Um, so yeah, like I want you guys to all be a part of it. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> and that's that. On last week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the episode starts and it feels like an episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City with these shots of the snow-capped Aspen Mountains and they have that like church choir music playing. And I always felt like that music was so dramatic and like so specific to Salt Lake City. Um, but I don't know, maybe they're just trying to draw parallels between Erica and Jen Shaw. <laughs> The ladies are all still talking about the night before, and they're flashing back to what happened, um, including Kyle, who is explaining to Rinna why she just couldn't sit quiet anymore. Um, and I'm glad that she's acknowledging that for the entirety of this season, she hasn't said a goddamn word to Erica, which is interesting because she is, like, the shitster queen. Um, so I'm glad to see her putting her crown back on. <laughs> Crystal and Garcelle are saying that Erica thinks everyone's against her, but in reality, they're trying to help her. They're almost feeding her what to say in order to make her look good, and she just won't take the bait. Rinna says that she was so defensive last night that no one could reach her, but last night wasn't the exception. She's been so defensive, like, for years. Erica says that the things being said about her are so gross, but, like, what about the things that she's saying about the victims? Oh, I'm sorry, the alleged victims. Rena, Kyle, and Kathy go for a stroll in the snow, and Kathy's wearing, like, straight-up platform wedge boots, and she thinks that they're, like, snow booties. Uh, a lot of people think that Kathy is a straight-up nut, and a lot of people think that she's in on the joke. Um, for me, I don't really care. Either way, I, like, love the Kathy scenes. I think she is such entertaining television. But somehow, by the time Kyle and Rinna have gotten to the cafe to meet the rest of the ladies, Kathy's gone. Like, how did they lose her? She, she couldn't even walk. <laughs> Erica has decided that she does not want to see any of the other ladies today, so she, Dorit, and Diana are going shopping. Erica is so desperate for this hot pink ski suit, which, like, I get it, I, I also want it, um, but she's dropping not-so-subtle hints hoping that one of the Ds will buy it for her. 
The night before comes up again, and even Diana is struggling to defend Erica. She says, take yourself out of it. Pretend you're not married to Tom. You were never married to Tom. Y you can feel horrible for these victims, right? And Erica struggles to answer, but when she finally does, it's not the right answer. <laughs> she continues to act cold, callous, and completely uncaring. Like, whoever's advising her has not done a good job, because she's not making herself look innocent. She's making herself look like a straight-up monster. Meanwhile, Erica wants to celebrate one of her many lawsuits being dismissed. However, as Crystal points out, it was only dismissed in one jurisdiction, so it could be refiled in another. But sure, celebrate the little wins, Erica. Take what you can get. And how does she celebrate? by wearing the $1.3 million earrings in question out and around Aspen, of course. Classy. While Erica is celebrating her momentary legal win, the rest of the ladies are celebrating Kyle's love for hats over at Kimosabe, a hat store slash bar where they serve the finest tequilas, including Casa del Sol and Kendall Jenner's 818. Kathy is so stoked that Casa del Sol is there, bottoms up ladies, while Lisa Rinna is so excited to try her friend Kendall's 818. But is it weird for a nearly 60-year-old woman to be calling a 25-year-old girl her friend? I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, in all seriousness, Kathy's reaction to this was wild. Like, yes, obviously Rinna did it on purpose to poke at her. Like, no one can deny that. But the sheer anger from Kathy was nutty. Truly nutty. Like Garcelle said, are they under contract or something to drink Kathy's tequila? And Kathy's even rude to the bartender. She snaps at her for not showing off the Casa del Sol bottle, as if this poor woman is even aware that Kathy and Rick are, like, partial investors in Eva Longoria's tequila line. She wasn't at your presentation the night before, Kathy. Cut her some slack. So Kathy storms out, leaving Kyle having a borderline panic attack. Kyle has severe PTSD from her family dynamics, that's for sure. The ladies try and distract Kyle with some shots of eat when eat, but as soon as Dorit FaceTimes her, she is snapped back into the drama. Kyle's very hurt that Dorit's not coming to Kimosabi because she's hanging out with Erica instead. It's not fair, Kyle cries. Dorit tries to explain that Kyle is with five other girls and Erica's just with two. It's basic math, bitch. So this might come as a shock, but I actually agree with Kyle here. I think Erica's the one that caused all of this mess, and I don't think she's a victim in any of this. So if she decides that she doesn't want to be around the other ladies, that's her choice. Dorit should say to her, hey, I totally get it if you aren't in the mood to go, but I promised Kyle I would, so I need to go. Later on, Dorit and Kyle try and hash it out back at the house. Rinna is smack dab in the middle trying to put a pin in it, but Kyle is on one. It takes Mauricio's stoned ass to come in and calm everyone down. I was wondering what his purpose on this trip was, but now I know. Kyle and Erica finally hash it out later that night, and Erica keeps insisting that this is a legal problem. But babe, it's also an ethical problem. She also continues to say that it's not her issue, she doesn't care, they aren't her victims. What I think Erica's really struggling to grasp at this point is like, we all understand her position on her guilt or lack thereof. What we're wondering about is her position on whether or not these crimes were horrible and that the victims are suffering. If you had nothing to do with these cases and you heard about these things on the news like as a, a completely non-participant, like, non you would say, wow, I feel so horrible for them, right? Like, it's really not that complicated. 
Kyle and Erica hug and make up, despite not reaching any real resolution, and I just think back to all of the times that Kyle has seen other people hug and make up, and she rolls her eyes and calls it bullshit under her breath. As Garcelle points out, there are very different rules for different people in this group, clearly. Dorit and Crystal are talking, and Dorit says that everyone's so focused on the victims, and Crystal says, Erica wants us to have compassion for her? Why can't she have compassion for the victims? There is no misunderstanding her position, Crystal says, and now there's no misunderstanding of yours. Oof. Crystal has decided to firmly plant her heels on these girls' necks in defense of the victims, and frankly, I'm here for it. It's about damn time, honestly. Crystal explains that she lives with a moral compass, and she likes to know that the people she surrounds herself with share that. Crystal asks Erica why she called her an asshole the night before, and Erica says it's because she is one. Erica said that she's had Crystal's back in the past, so Crystal should just have hers now. Um, that's called blind allegiance, and that's not how this works. Erica then says the next time Crystal needs help, she won't have her back, and she doesn't need to show compassion for anyone to cater to Crystal's ego. The night rolls on, and the ladies head out to a club where the cameras are not allowed in. Dramatic music plays and screenshots of texts appear on the screen. Kathy Hilton has officially lost her mind. At least according to Lisa Renna. Next week, we'll see what happened, or at least what Rena wants us to think happened. Silence is golden, as Kathy says, but you know Rena; Those lips were made for talking. Like, literally made for it. That's what her doctors designed them for. Uh,